This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. And from the borders of Liberty Prosperity and the highway to the north, this is Safety Wars for Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. And good evening. I'm still getting headphones on and everything over here. Who knows where we're going to go uh, tonight? Got some feedback from uh, last night's show. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Well, that's the way life is. Uh, let me make one clarification, right? I'm not discouraging people from going into the environmental field. Right? Plenty of work out there. I'm just saying, you you have to go out and have a plan. What's the long-term plan? What's the long-term goal? What are you passionate about? And you'll be happy. Right? And uh, you go out there and you hear the old story about John Lennon. You know, that comes to mind. I don't know if it's true or not. I've asked uh, Julian Lennon and never got back to me on it. Who was John Lennon? There used to be a, a uh, rock group, British Invasion. Early 1960s, 62, 63. They were called the Beatles, and they were made for uh, four members, right? Someone argued five, Peter Best. There was Paul McCartney, whose wife is from Metuchen, New Jersey. And occasionally there are Paul McCartney uh, sightings in Metuchen around the holidays. Uh, he likes to hang out at one bar reportedly. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, and then it was George Harrison, Ringo Starr, the all-star band you may know him from, and the Traveling Wilburys, and, uh, no, I'm sorry, not the Traveling Wilburys, uh, George Harrison, the Traveling Wilburys, Ringo Starr, the all-star band, and there was John Lennon. Real simple. He, uh, said, a uh, teacher comes up to him and says, what do you want to be when you grow up? He says, I want to be happy. And that's what his mother told him. Teacher said, well, no, no, you don't understand what life is. You don't understand the question. And uh, she, he says back to her, you know, maybe you don't understand what life is about. Right? And, and isn't that really what we're talking about here? And now uh, we're at the end of the year. Often companies have, uh, I know, an uh, organization I used to belong to, they had all of their annual reviews at the end of the year. And then uh, they announce bonuses, and then at the beginning of the year, right, they, you go and you start with your, you know, your smart goals and everything else that goes in there. And that's what a lot of us are assessing now. How is the year? What did we learn? Did we reach our goals? Did we uh, reach our personal goals, professional goals, family goals? I think with the threats to the power grid, right, I think, no, we, so we have several thousand people as of uh, this afternoon that were still without uh, power in Hubble County, uh, California, where they had a 6.2, 6.3 uh, earthquake yesterday. That might be something where we want to go is how do we secure a power supply? What are we going to do if we lose power for two or three days? 
Let's remember there were something like 600 attacks on the power grid uh, in the last eight years or so. Uh, the worst one in um, War County, North Carolina, a couple of weeks ago. And that was because of uh, people disagreeing with some other people. They just were, wanted to sabotage an event for them, not to have power for better part of a week, maybe a little bit more than a week. So these are things we cannot control. Those are the things that we need to maybe work on. Is it financial? I don't know. Uh, no, this year, uh, according to some of the financial reports, we're going to be in another year just to survive, most people. Right? Work on getting out of debt, not spending money, saving money, not wasting money. That's the big one, not wasting money. There, and I'm sure there's a lot of uh, conversations out there. And no, as far as getting healthier and everything else, we're probably going to touch on a little bit more of that next year on this show. And if you want to be on the show, you could give us a call at 845-269-5772 and we'll set up a time. You can come on the show, talk. Uh, talk with me, talk at me, talk about whatever you want, safety-related. So what's going on tonight? A lot going on. Uh, at the recording of this program, President Zelensky from the Ukraine is giving a address to the joint uh, houses of Congress. I don't know whether he's going to be playing the piano uh, while he's in the United States or not. You can file this one under, uh, under how are they manipulating us today? So here, winter storm. National Weather Service says once-in-a-generation storm approaching the Buffalo region. Didn't they get like six foot of snow? What are they expecting now? Six foot one inch of snow, right? I don't know. Uh, they, you know, that was about like last uh, month, right? <laughs> yeah, a once in a generation. What? I mean, how much are they going to freaking get here? Right again. Uh, and we're going to revisit this again and again and again uh, with this. Is uh, now one of the main themes of the show is manipulation. Well, there is manipulation on the news and with everything else to keep people in a constant state of stress in accordance with Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, which we talked about several times here. You can look them up. Is it going to be manipulation on the news? Is it going to be manipulation in your with your families and your friends? That sort of thing? Or is it going to be manipulation at work? So a couple weeks ago, I was on one of my projects and one of the workers will just say gave us huge pushback on an issue dealing with fall protection. And I had a backbone like we talk about on the show all the time, having a backbone sticking up for yourself in a respectful, legal way, assertive way, not yelling and screaming like a maniac. And uh, this person was escalating and, you know, the whole thing, yelling and screaming more and more and more. And what ended up happening was I gave it right back to him, not yelling and screaming, but he was like, nobody ever talks to me that way. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, you're right. Nobody, no safety person ever talks to you that way. That's exactly right. No, 
I'm going to give pushback when I have people who don't want to obey federal law uh, as far as fall protection goes, who are the confident person, and they're not interested in being the confident person. They're interested in the 50 cents more an hour to be a confident person and maybe some of the other perks that go along with it, if there are any perks, and then put their workforce in jeopardy. You're right. That's not what we're about. And uh, today... I stuck to my guns, so to speak, proverbially. I had a backbone. I had another safety professional that I've never seen a safety professional with a backbone who was able to stick up for themselves. Right. Yeah, that's what we're about here, sticking up for yourself, doing the right thing. It's just like St. Thomas Aquinas uh, said. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it's along the lines of, if you are silent in the face of an immorality, then you are also immorality, right? German way of saying it is uh, tacit approval is approval. So today the same situation happened. And the worker who I was protecting their life because I was, no, people were wearing fall protection. No, that's a requirement of uh, the job and law. Same situation came out. And you know what he says to me? Jim, so-and-so is going to yell at me. I said to him, so what? Let him yell. You're protecting yourself. He ain't going to say anything. I have this already worked out with him, which I did because he came to me and talked to me about fall protection. How, how are we going to do? Make the appropriate tie-offs, how to make, do the appropriate setup and everything else. And I said, remember, a couple of weeks ago, who was the only one who had your back as far as safety was concerned? And he looked at me, he was like, oh, uh, you, Jim? I said, okay, so don't, worry, don't even worry about it. They're going to yell, they're going to yell anyway, who cares? Take five minutes out, set up the fall protection equipment properly. And we ended up doing that and proceeded to do the job. That other person who he was afraid of said, well, thank you for sending that up, Jim. We really appreciate it. Okay, this is how things work when you have backbone or you show that you're not afraid. You're not, you're going to be assertive. I'm not saying yell, scream, get in their face, nothing like that, but you have to stick up for yourself and have a backbone. That's how you're going to win that safety war that we're always talking about here. You are listening to Safety Wars. Tomorrow's safety today. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with The Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with The Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with The Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support.
And we're back. We're going to go into the financial stuff. I'm trying to stick to a schedule better here. Right? Me ranting and raving, eh, not always happy. Yeah, no, it doesn't make everybody happy. Okay, the market's recovered a little bit from the bloodbath earlier this week. Dow Jones Industrial Average, 33,376 up. S&P 500 up slightly, 38,378. Uh, 38, Nasdaq closed at 10,709. Russell 2000 at 1776.94. U.S. Treasury note at 3.6. Uh, and Bitcoin. Recovered slightly, 16,832. There, I mean, some people are predicting a huge uh, issue with uh, Bitcoin. Now, where it's going to turn to Guvno real quick here, right? And hold on. And there, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, everybody here knows I could have gotten into Bitcoin the first week. I was at a convention and someone was advertising that because I had, I was a little bit skittish. I didn't invest in it. Had I invested in that rather than in my business, I probably, uh, we probably would be having a totally different program here. We'd be having a political program. I still might do that. I don't know. Anyone have any thoughts on that? Go and uh, send me your thoughts. Well, uh, because I tell you what, 2024, it's going to be quite a show for everybody here. Precious metals, gold at 1827.20, silver 2425, that's up slightly. Platinum up slightly, 10 1018, and palladium is up a little bit more than slightly uh, at 1735. So this happened to me uh, the other day here uh, with uh, I was at a event Sunday night, uh birthday party with my a uh, good friend, uh, Jay. I have two good friends, Jay. Uh, Jay Allen, of course. And then we have uh, the local Jay here. And his father-in-law is running for a political office. And he said, do you have any ideas? And I said, well, yeah, I have a lot of ideas. I said, "I no, I've run about 13. I've taken part in and... No, I've been in leadership in about 13 different campaigns, including two of my own. And I said, these are a lot of the pointers out there that you have to uh, face. I said, one, you need a campaign treasurer. Number two, you have to have a plan, like a business plan for the campaign. Number three is any consultant that tells you anything other than the first order of business is getting yourself on the ballot whatever the ballot requirements are. Usually it's uh, by uh, nomination by petition. Uh, you go and you do that. And if anybody distracts you from those three things, uh, run away, run very far away, right? Because that's usually where all of the political campaigns fail. Not having a plan, not, uh, and not getting on the ballot is the big one. That's the number one order of business. So if you ever go to a political meeting out there and it's someone up and running, up and coming, and they are not talking, no, the first meeting, they don't have that ballot out there for registered voters to sign. Getting them on the uh, ballot 
guess for the primary or if they're going to run as an independent or nonpartisan there, you know, there is no primary, uh, you know, uh, just run away, <laughs> run away because that's not a real campaign. I can't tell you the number of, uh, campaigns I've watched where they, oh, and I'm talking national campaigns. I mean, they're getting coverage on every alphabet soup uh, network out there on cable and broadcast networks, and guess what? They can't uh, garner enough uh, petition signatures, and they miss out on the petition. They're not on ballot. And then on the other hand, I have, uh, I've heard of plenty of campaigns that had no chance of winning. Guess what? They get on the ballot. No problem. No budget. Right? No money, no nothing, but guess what? They're on the ballot, right? And uh, they got a lot more votes than the people who do a write-in. Now, the thing is, why get on the ballot if you know you're not going to win? That's another thing. You, know, you say, well, if you're not going to win, why be on the ballot? Why waste your time? Well, the, what the idea is, if you are a candidate, people are going to listen to you. Right, it's very simple. Hi, I'm Jim Polzel. I'm running for assembly as a blah 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 blah. Right, uh, these are my three main issues. My main issue number one is this, number two is this, three is this, and then you go and guess what happens? Uh, now you're able to talk to people, and people will talk to a candidate versus the other way of doing it, which is hey, uh, I'm a can, you know, I'm going to be running for office. Well, are you on the ballot? No. Well, then why the hell am I talking to you? So this is how it is. This is what I've done in a prior uh, life. And if you're interested in hearing more, uh, send me a line because right now I'm on the line. Uh, No, I'm on the line here because it wouldn't be on Safety FM is the only thing. It would be on another network here. And no doubt as the uh, 2024 primary heats up, and the uh, and the uh, right uh, because the uh, first primary is going to be a year from next month, right? Uh, I'm probably going to issue some more stuff you now in accordance with the Safety FM and what different candidates are talking about and everything else as far as environmental protection and uh, safety. And no, we'll cover it on that. But politics, we try to stay away from here on Safety FM. Unless it's safety related, right? You do. Okay. Judge approved $10 million settlement for health care workers fired over COVID-19 vaccine mandate. A U.S. judge approved a multi-million dollar settlement on December 19 for workers who were fired by the Illinois healthcare system for refusing to get a COVID-19 vaccination. About 500 workers who were uh, terminated or after seeing their exemption request tonight, got a COVID vaccine, will receive compensation as part of a $10.3 million settlement. What's the math on that? Uh, I shouldn't be able to do this in my head, but I've been up since 4.30 this morning. So, uh, hey, this is live radio, everybody. 10 point, uh, here, uh, 10 million. Three hundred thousand divided by five hundred. It's a whopping twenty thousand dollars per nurse. And let's recall that the uh, uh, that the uh, or workers says here. I'm assuming nurse, doctor, 
someone in the medical field. And you take a third off of that, so you end up, everyone gets, uh, oh, about $13,000 because a third goes uh, to the uh, attorneys, right, or more. Anyway, it's just... Uh, these class action suits, I get, I get a, right? Well, here you go. Uh, okay. Goes further down, right? There, each worker who was fired stands to $24,225. Each worker who remained at the company stands to receive $3,725. Okay, great. So roughly 20000 give or take, right? I don't know. My question is, are they going to do this again with this? Is there a need for some type of litigation, uh, not litigation, uh, legislation with this rather than let the uh, courts keep on getting involved on this? Who's going to step up in our government and pass legislation uh, with this? News from OSHA, Department of Labor, Balfour Beatty Construction, aligned to promote safety and health during construction at AC Marriott Savannah River District Project. OSHA has signed, a, this is from uh, News uh, Region 4 release, has signed a strategic partnership with Balfour Beatty Construction to promote worker safety and health during construction of the AC Marriott Hotel Project in the Savannah River District. Partnership with the Dallas-based commercial construction company seeks to prevent worker injuries and exposure to hazards by developing a contractor-government approach to safety and health. The initiative will also assist contractors in developing and implementing safety and health management systems and provide training to employees and supervisors. So that's a good thing. They're partnering up. A public-private partnership, a lot of times those work out real well. Participants will focus on identifying and preventing common hazards on large-scale construction projects such as falls and being stuck by or caught in materials or equipment. Other important issues include fire safety, preventing heat illness. Remember, heat illness is a uh, big thing for OSHA now, right? Proposed regulations and things of that nature, possibly. They're discussing it. Unfortunately, it's going to take seven years to get there. Unsafe silica and noise exposure. Now, silica... Right, that's been uh, in a, no, a long time now. But we're still getting contractors out there uh, on construction sites that are uh, claim. I, I think they're giving me a load of baloney here. Uh, oh, I don't, Jim, I don't know anything about silica. Okay. You know, you got to do air monitoring. For, well, you got to be in uh, respirators in certain cases because of the uh, regulation. No one ever enforces that, Jim. Well, guess what? On this job, Got to wear respirators. And by the way, if you're going to uh, force you guys to wear respirators, uh, you got to, you know, and you don't do air monitoring, you got some other stuff that, like, uh, training, uh, fitness wear respirator, uh, what else we got there? Fit testing, everything else that goes along with. Well, nobody else makes us do that. Well, it's like federal law, dude. Oh, come on now. You can let us get away with that. We're not going to have, well, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I have these conversations every freaking job multiple times. Right. And this is what, no, this is what happens. You're a consultant working for a GC. 
Uh, noise exposure, here's another one. I mean, uh, the app on the smartphone, again, it's not a NIST-certified app, right? Meaning a national, uh, the uh, National Institute for uh, uh, Society, whatever it is, NIST, right? It's for Society of uh, Testing, where you're testing and certifying things. All right, okay, but you still hear about this. Noise exposure, Jim. Nobody else makes us wear hearing protection. Well, here's the freaking app right here. Here it is. And I said, when you're, I'm not talking, it's 100 uh, decibels. You're putting on hearing protection. Oh, you're about 105 decibels? Guess what? You're putting on earplugs and earmuffs. Well, nobody else makes us do, well, guess what? You're doing it here, right? Safety, uh, no, and uh, electrical equipment safety. What do we got with that? If you're on a construction job, what do you have to have? Everything has to be plugged into a ground fault circuit interrupter. That's what the law is, right? Right. Oh, well, nobody else makes us do that. And uh, I've been using the same extension cord for uh, three projects here. Well, you know what? Uh, you're... I have the tester, the construct, the uh, extension cord is shot to Guvano. Can't use it. Well, nobody else makes us use that, makes us do that. Well, I don't know. Maybe you should talk to why nobody else makes you do that. And it turns out, and I believe him, by the way. I absolutely 100% believe him that nobody else makes them uh, do that. Because why? Going back to our original thing, nobody has backbone. You got to have backbone. You got to press the issue. Now, you also have to know, right, with the Jens Rasmussen thing, that you you can only go so far with, with certain organizations, right, uh, with that uh, before you're going to get, you're, you're, you know, you're going to not get anywhere with that. And you got to know when to stop. Uh, you have, have to know how, when to handle that. Hopefully, you're learning a little bit here on this program. So, again, let's talk about being manipulated, right? This is going to be a common theme for 2023. How many people base how they live their life off of social media? There was a uh, band, right, for some of you folks that are of my vintage, right? And every couple of years you hear about them. Sticks, and they came out with a uh, album. Oh, I forget what early eight, uh, late in the seventies, the Grand Illusion. Right, I, I'm not going to sing it to you. Well, maybe I will. Welcome to the Grand Illusion. Right, come on in and see. Uh, come get your tickets for the show. Don't be fooled by the radio, video, or the magazines. Right. And maybe that has to be updated for 2022, 2023. But they'll, sh- you know, it goes on. They'll show you photographs of what your life could be, should be, but that's just someone else's fantasy. Jay Allen uh, used to talk about it all the time how what you're seeing on this, right? And he, he talks about a lot of things. He just hasn't spoken about it lately. How we're all manipulated with social media how 
know, we see something on social media and we get sort of like a consensus bias because the algorithms are made to uh, tailor make what you're looking at, right? George Nori from uh, Coast to Coast AM, right? Another network, but a phenomenal radio show. Uh, he always talks about a story about uh, he got an email from one of his friends says, you know, they're advertising porn on your uh, website, right? Because of Google ads, right? They got porn and everything. And he says, I, I have no idea. That's all what you watch. And then you get advertisements for it. No, caught red-handed there. Don't. So things are tailor-made for you. And you have a thing called consensus bias. We talked about it last week where you have, you keep seeing the same thing over and over again before you know it. And you're hanging out with the same people all of a sudden, Hey, everybody thinks this way. This is what happened with the uh, 2020 election in 2022. Just now, well, everybody thinks this way. Why am I now? Why are we losing elections? And it goes either way, right? Democrat, Republican, libertarian even or independent well nobody likes the politician why are they voting for him well the reality is like this you think people that this is what reality is and it's not what it is i had a dear friend who passed away she worked for a club we've all heard of in New York City. Uh, she was an event and meeting planner for that club, uh, similar to what my wife is, right? Because my wife does it for a nationally known charity. And uh, this club had millionaires and billionaires in there. And she was making, uh, this was the uh, late 1990s, about 50000 a year. Not a lot of money, but more a lot of money for that job you know really was okay not, nothing to write home about she relied a lot on alimony from her ex-husband for uh you know, making ends meet and she says jim the way that these rich people these rich people are uh, uh, they they're all out there uh uh you know they're all out there and they're living it up on a saturday night i'm like well how old are they she says they're like 50, uh, five, 60 years old. Blah, 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 blah. They're living it up. They're wasting their money. It's disgusting. I said to her, well, hey, uh, did you, are, are these like billionaires? People like trust fund people? They're like, no, they all own businesses. They've owned businesses for a long time. Yeah. So they take, I said, you're only seeing them on a Friday night and a Saturday night and maybe a special occasion. They got to go, no, they're having bar mitzvahs. They're having confirmation, uh, confirmation parties at your thing, maybe weddings and at your venue and everything else. And do you ever consider that they're like working like a 70 hour week that they're taking chances with their money that no sane person would make and they got, and they got lucky did that they have some type of business savvy that they're able to make money, uh, that they're hardworking. Did it ever occur to you? No, not, and it had never occurred to her that this is what the way it was. But the thing is, everybody was jealous of a lot of these people. And she hung out with people who had this confirmation bias going Well, everybody thinks it's right. Or no, uh, you tell it with kids, look, this is not real. This is not true. Where is the ultimate, problem with this sort of thinking here 
All right. Specifically, it is with now we're dealing with the Twitter files. Right. So in case you haven't heard, Elon Musk, who used to up until last week be the richest man in, on the planet, bought Twitter. Right. He was forced into buying Twitter. And he's released, I believe, seven or eight uh, uh, quote unquote Twitter files, right? Things that are out there, release them to the public domain, things that were on the servers. And they do real believe that there was other things on the Twitter servers that uh, they uh, uh, was deleted because they thought there was going to be litigation possibly, which, by the way, is illegal, right? That's called obstruction of justice, but it happens all the time. But uh, the FBI today said on Wednesday, responded to the Elon Musk endorsed Twitter files, releases that appeared to show the FBI having worked closely with social media company, right, alleging that. And again, this was uh, a, a term that was uh, formed after the JFK uh, assassination. Conspiracy theorists are trying to discredit the Bureau. Right? Again, uh, now, the correspondence between the FBI and Twitter show nothing more, and this is a quote from the FBI. The correspondence between the FBI and Twitter show nothing more than examples of our traditional, long-standing, and ongoing federal uh, private sector engagements, which involve numerous companies over multiple sectors and industries. The FBI's statement uh, goes on to say, as evidence in the correspondence, the FBI provides critical information to the private sector in an effort to allow them to protect themselves and their customers. Okay, uh, you know, uh, it's like this. And I'm a complete disclosure here, I know I, I bought a computer off of the uh, guy who was repairing Hunter Biden's laptop, all right, many years ago. He's a friend of a friend of mine. This week, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop story and post message showed the FBI was working to discredit the report and keep it from becoming, uh, keep it from being spread via social media platforms like Twitter in October 2020, weeks before the general election of that year. What, right? The, 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 you know, getting involved with, and again, with, uh, social media companies. I don't know if it's legal, not legal, ethical, not ethical. Uh, ethical. I, you know, with that. But let me go on to what we started out. What's the point? Are you going to let the internet influence the way that you think? Are you just going to not follow things up? Are you going to look at the other person's point of view? Because I tell you what, if you're in safety, you should be getting used to, if you want to be successful, learning the other person's point of view. If not, just to learn how to either strengthen your point of view, learn the flaws in your point of view, maybe improve your own point of view, your own action, maybe empathize with the other person. And say, and look at it, the world from their eyes. Right? You have to do that. So you, from the other person's point of view, come up with your own thing. Uh, with that and your own ideas. Go, right? Just because you hear it on the internet, well, you should go and you should vote this way, doesn't mean that you should go and vote this way. Right? 
Just because, hey, you should do X, Y, and Z, doesn't necessarily mean you should do X, Y, and Z, right? This is not follow the leader here, right? Uh, you know, hey, I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn, right? That sort of thing. So what am I calling on? Check, right, other people's point of view. Check if there's fact, uh, that if there's something to it, facts. Their reasoning. Have a little bit of discernment. And I think that's what the important lesson here is now with uh, all these social media companies and involvement with the FBI one way or another and this way, hey, this one talked to this and all of this and then FBI personnel, they leave the FBI and then start working for uh, social media platforms. They use different software to weed people out and then it's misused and all this other stuff. All right, we know this happens. The question is, are we going to continue to let these people manipulate us? Uh, that's a valid question. Are, because that is a battle in the safety war, right? It is a battle of ideas. It's a battle of motivations, incentives. And that's what, it, and that's what we're here fighting for. Constantly fighting for that. And we're going to take a break. Safety Wars is streaming now. SafetyFM.com Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Polzel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. OSHA recordables, first aid cases, catastrophic losses. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Polzel with Safety Wars. And getting on to some news from the Department of Homeland Security here. Uh, the Department of Health and Human Services said, well, Health and Human Services, not Homeland Security, said on Wednesday it will release prescription flu medication from the strategic national stockpile amid the unusually early and severe flu season. Parts of the United States are being hit hard by a combination of respiratory viruses, including the flu, respiratory syncytial, syncytial, <laughs> RSV, all right, I can't say it, and COVID-19. Tamiflu or oseltamivir phosphate comes in liquid and capsule form and fights the flu by stopping the virus from multiplying uh, in an infected person's body. So, the uh, national stockpile, all right, we have out there, right? And uh, let, let's review a little bit. We have an acute shortage of certain medications, especially like amoxicillin. Uh, uh, semaglutinide, which is uh, goes under the brand name of Ozempic, and there's another one uh, also that's the same stuff. All right, and others, other things going on here. If you go into a pharmacy, I mean, we're seeing a lot of stuff. They're out of a lot of stuff, right? It's incredible uh, out there. But uh, so. 
what's my point here? What, no, where am I going with this? A lot of people don't realize this. Uh, back in the day when I was doing research for my book, reportedly, I don't I was never able to really uh, verify this, but reportedly there were one, uh, there, uh, the national stockpile is divided into the 10 uh, federal districts, right? So we have, so for example, OSHA, uh, Region 2, right? And all this other stuff. So every region has a stockpile of stuff, and that's ready to go at a moment's notice, loaded onto planes, things of that nature, and uh, wherever wherever it's needed. And uh, right, the government reportedly has been stockpiling things in case you have a national emergency, and they're releasing some of that uh, into the system, sort of like where we're releasing the uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve there to drop prices and that's what they're doing here it's uh now what now here's what i'm gonna say here we know that we are out of uh no we're no tamiflu shortages we know that we are on antibiotic shortages uh insulin uh shortages i'm sorry uh ozempic shortages uh all different kinds of shortages of uh medications so let's say that you're on a medication right so here we have on december 5th uh on uh, medication uh shortages and drug met shortages database right now i'm looking at do do do. A hundred and eighty nine reported shortages, and this is off of accessdata.fda.gov. A hundred and eighty nine uh, different shortages for uh, medication here. This is probably one we want to bookmark. So you can go to this website. Uh, so accessdata.fda.gov and they have prominently on their FDA drug shortages and 189 drugs that are in shortage. Now, am I trying to cause a national panic here? I'm going to say no, but I'm going to say this. A lot of medications that we're on, whether it's diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, and everything else have to do with lifestyle. All right, I'm going to... Now, I'm, I'm being empathetic. I'm being nice here. They have to do with lifestyle. Well, the thing is, if you can, and believe me, I've had a life uh, long weight uh, struggle since I've been out of college. Right? It's not easy to change your lifestyle. Not easy to do any of this stuff. If you can change your lifestyle and get off some medications, that's probably the best thing you could do. Uh, the other thing is insurance companies will not let you uh, stockpile medications. They will just, you know, hey, this is what you're we're, uh, doing and this is what blah, 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 blah. And there are medications out there that you cannot, uh, that you cannot do without. So I know this, unfortunately, because of uh, my father's uh, health care issues, or he passed away this week. So let's see what some of the things here. We have 
methadone, right? That's been uh, used for treating uh, drug issues. Well, guess what? Methadone, there was a shortage. It's been resolved. Okay, uh, lithium, an oral solution for mental health. Guess what? In shortage. Uh, Oxycontin is in shortage. That's kind of hard to believe there, but it's in shortage. All different types of things here, uh, medications. I'm not seeing anything for uh, uh, blood pressure. But now the question is, if you can get off the medication safely and under a doctor's care, when if there's a lifestyle type thing, maybe that's the way to go. I know with beta blockers, uh, and if you read the label on there, and I know nobody reads labels, uh, that's a kind of medication that if you don't, if you miss a dose, you can have a heart attack under certain circumstances. Right? I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not giving medical advice here, but this is uh, basically what it comes down to uh, with that, right? So what do you, what's your plan if you're they're going to have a medicine shortage? If you're living with people and you're taking care of their medicine, well, how much of a day supply are you going to have? Going back to what I have is, uh, uh, for my mother, a list of medications, who are doctors, everything else. So this way, if there's a medical situation, what do we do? We just hand the piece of paper to the EMTs and the doctors in the hospitals and everything's in there. With my father, with the 14 different medications he was on, I'm not going to remember all 14. With my mother, I could probably do it, right? But uh, what happens? You have to have this stuff planned out ahead, just like with the power, with medicine shortages and things of that nature. So let's go on to our main event here, right? We'll resolve, we'll end with this. I had a problem at the beginning of my career and starting to get no, into the uh, end of my, no, uh, uh, like going five years out or so, how to do an accident investigation. So here's my question. If you are managing safety professionals or you are a safety professional, and you're on a site, your construction, environmental cleanup, and a facility. How do you do an accident investigation? Often companies do not want you to learn this important skill. But you can you can you can give us a call at eight four five two six nine five seven seven two or email us at jim at safetywords.com and we can line you up. It's an important skill. I uh, recently had this issue where they uh, a company had an accident. I said, okay, have your safety person uh, right, no, do their uh, accident report. I'll follow up with my own investigation, and we'll go from there. And waited a day, no accident report. Waited another day. Uh, second day, hey, where's that accident report? We were supposed to have it in. We have certain thresholds by the client. We have to hit time thresholds. Uh, well, I don't know how to do one. What do you mean you don't know how to do one? Well, uh, my and this is what happens. Companies do not like to No, They're gambling that OSHA will not show up. Uh, that it's uh, non, uh, that, uh, no, they write it up in a certain way that they don't report it to the workers' comp. 
And now you're going to create a paper trail. You're a safety professional because you're following OSHA record-keeping guidelines. Well, they don't want you to know that. Why? They don't want to know want you to know a lot of stuff. And it goes along the lines like this. As an accident investigation technique, one of the ways is to use the Socratic method. Uh, no, that's been accredited to Socrates. Or if you are of the current generation, Socrates. And you ask why, right? It's interrogative. It's, uh, you're, you know, you're asking questions until you get, now usually five times, six times, you get to the thing. Guess what? That can be very adversarial. Companies don't want to do that. So if I'm involved in a major accident investigation, what's one of the th questions I ask, right? And it's what? Sam Kinnison, Sam Kinison, right? If you remember that comedian, how the bleep did you get this job? Right? Guess what? That's got to be part of the conversation. Maybe you don't say it like that. That's going through my mind. How did you get this job? How are you hired? What kind of training do you have? Were you trained to do this job? Is there a written procedure for that job? Blah, 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 going on and on and on and on. You think an employer really wants uh, to hear a safety professional ask them, how did you hire this person? No, they don't want that. They're not interested in the root cause analysis on how, the, how an accident happened or anything like that. So often they don't train their safety people and they don't give them resources or authority to go and do an accident investigation. And when you come to a job site like me, where I'm working on behalf of a host employer or a general contractor, guess what? You're going to, there's an accident. There's going to be an accident investigation and you're going to do it. And then after you do it, then I'm going to take over. Very rarely do I ever do the initial accident investigation uh, on this stuff. Why? I want people to get their egg, uh, their ducks in a row. There are certain things that you need. So what do you need? You need an accident investigation form. Uh, that one's available on OSHA, at th uh, OSHA in the record-keeping area. It's the OSHA 301 form, I believe it's called. And your accident investigation form has to meet the minimum of what's on the 301 form, or you could use the 301 form. Often, if I have to give a submittal to a regulatory agency like OSHA, I will just have the 301 form, and I will giving them the 301 form uh, with that initially until we get the ball rolling here on now because an accident investigation should know that all those forms have to be done within a week. But sometimes these accident investigations may take a month. People like Todd Conklin on this uh, network, when he gets involved in the accident investigation, my understanding is that that, no, that's not a, that's not a, uh, now, yeah, you have a short one you have to have for the regulators, insurance companies, worker comp. Thing. Okay, great. But if you really want an act change and it's a major accident, that's not going to be a 24-hour, no, Jim, get me that reporting 24 hours or else thing. Okay, I'll just show you something in 24 hours. But an accident investigation goes on and on and on until you get some type of resolution. I've already been told five years after an accident investigation and a lawsuit's been settled that, oh, there, oh, uh, Jim, there's some other uh, stuff we didn't tell you. Oh, really? You'll, you know, that would have been nice had you told us that. Then we wouldn't be working unsafely for five years, five more years. Maybe, well, well you know, we don't know. We didn't want to say anything. Lawyers, you know, they told us to be quiet. Oh, okay, great. Great. What else do you need? Pictures, 
right? Learn to be a little bit of a forensic photographer here. Take pictures of the injury, the accident area, things of that nature, right? Uh, especially in construction or environmental cleanups because things change real quick as opposed to manufacturing uh, and other work uh, places. You want to go and get witness statements. Those witness statements are all written by the witness. You don't have the you don't you don't write that. Let the witness write it. Some companies I know have had such problems with these witness statements and people refusing to have them. So they say, okay, we're just going to do the whole thing on video and audio record because. Uh, no, they got caught a couple of times where people were lying and they couldn't prove it. Uh, something else, is there a job hazard analysis? Was there an assessment done to uh, for this company, for the job? Was it in the safety plan? What are the procedures? What kind of training do they have? Are they 30-hour trained, 30-hour outreach trained? And if they are, is it a legitimate card? Ask them about the course. I uncovered one, uh, and I reported it to OSHA, where uh, the guy said, I, I didn't take any 30-hour uh, outreach training. I just got the card, and my boss gave it to me. Oh, great. And, you know, you reported, and I don't know whatever happened to it because they never got back to me. Uh, all of this stuff goes into it. Some of the other things that I like to do, I like to put a timeline of the day together. Just like with a plane, right? So I put together a timeline. Okay. What time do you get? What time uh, did you go to bed last night? Were you drinking last night? Are you feeling well? They may, they may not want to answer that. That's fine. What time did you get up this morning? What were you thinking of? Oh, well, I was feeding, you know, I was getting an argument with my old lady. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. Maybe that's an indicator that maybe you weren't focused at work. I wouldn't say that to the guy, but that sort of thing. I got to work at 7 o'clock. Well, what time did you leave in the morning? Oh, well, I left at 5.30 in the morning, so you're driving for an hour and a half before you got to work. Okay. How much sleep did you get? Oh, I got three hours of sleep. Okay. Now, there's fatigue an issue here. No, that goes into your mind. And then, well, what happened? And then step by step by step, and then after, immediately after it, and you start to put together a little bit of a picture of what's going on. And you try to, right? And now you're able to put this into context of, what was, of what's happening. A recent axe investigation I had, uh, uh, the worker was distracted. Do you know why? I'm going to tell you why. Of course, you're not going to know why. He had seen a horrific traffic accident on the way into work. Then he was an hour and 20 minutes late. There were fatalities involved. There was a blood all over the place. Everything else. I'm sorry to say this. Some of you are you know, gonna, sitting down at dinner on the West Coast here. But that sort of thing. He came in and he got hurt. Why? In part because he was distracted. He was traumatized uh, by this. Right? That was an indicator. What's some of the other indicators? Well, hey, uh, we had one guy. He had uh, three people in his family die. Ended up die. Ended up having a catastrophic injury. Now, he was in mourning, not thinking about his work. I know people are like, well, 
No, doing a root cause, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. We had to do a root or a taproot analysis. Okay, well, uh, you know that those are all made for machines, not necessarily for people, and people are not machines. Machines don't have feelings. Let's empathize. Again, see it from the other person's point of view. Very important tool, especially in accident uh, investigations. All of this stuff goes into this, uh, right? And then into this. Again, text messages, emails, all open for discovery if there is litigation with this. What's your policy with those? So that's basically all I wanted to talk about uh, today with uh, today on Safety Wars. I hope you enjoyed the program. And we're going to be uh, doing the outro. We'll be back here tomorrow night. Uh, that's Thursday night. And by the way, happy solstice to people who celebrate it. Saturnalia. Uh, it's happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. And everything else that goes on around this time of year. I'll be seeing you tomorrow night. Uh, again, Every I'm not going to be on every night uh, for the next week and a half with this holiday stuff. But I intend to be doing live programming next week. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.